0: Welcome to the Data Bites podcast by Women in Data, where we give you your weekly bite-sized dose of career development advice, industry case studies, and career stories to help you excel in your data career. Today, I'm chatting with Prachi Priya, Chief Data Officer for Team One. Before data became cool, Prachi pioneered some of the earliest advancements in the space and helped companies like Hyundai, Shell, and Microsoft find ease and avoid over-architecturing Inform Solutions. In this episode, we discuss how to build a data culture, some of the key challenges when building a data culture, and the need for data storytelling skills across the organization. This episode is great for leaders looking to make a change and individuals looking to maximize their impact. Enjoy. Welcome to the Data Bytes Podcast. It's great to be chatting with you today.
1: Thanks, Sadie. So excited to be here. I've been looking forward to this
0: conversation for a while, and I have a lot of questions that are so pretty rich and deep. So I want to dive right in and go into what a day in the life of a chief data officer looks like. And this may be pre-pandemic, middle of pandemic, post-pandemic, however you want to define it.
1: Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, I will go over my bigger big picture responsibility first and then we can talk about some details. So as an executive leader in my organization, one of my key responsibility and day-to-day activity is to empower my business, uh, empower all the businesses I work with by providing thought leadership on the importance and power of data, uh, enable business buy-in and how data can be leveraged to drive and accelerate business performance and outcomes. So that's the main one. Uh, and it's, it's best to think of my role as the champion and voice of data in, an, in my organization. Um, we serve all, I, I can put it another way, the chief data officers usually serve as the ongoing rudder to the ship of data. There you go. And uh, here at Team One, we have set out a data strategy and roadmap, and to keep people on that course for that roadmap. And that following that strategy is an everyday activity for me. Um, So like I said, a core responsibility or day-to-day is data management strategy, translating it into tactical, implementable steps for the business. And then, as I'm sure you can imagine, communications is a big, big part of my job. Constantly meeting with the executives and teams to help convey what Uh, we do in terms of data and analytics, and the need to stay on the right data path is extremely critical. And it's so easy for us, right, to to become enamored by new types of data or new tools and uh, get caught up in that unstructured data, but there's so much opportunity still to be harnessed with what we have rather than going after what we don't have. So that's my job to make sure people are staying on the right path. Along with all of that, and like you said, pandemic, post-pandemic, everything, I have a family too. So that is also a part of my day-to-day job, picking up kids from school, making sure that they are well-fed. I would say that's a part of a chief data officer's job.
0: I love it, Um, especially that you mentioned the communication side of things, Mm -hmm. because... We talk about data science as a team sport. And mm-hmm. so you mentioned you're often talked to a lot of people who are the business leaders or people in the organization that you have to talk to Is it particular groups. Is it just the CEO? Where do you spend your time?
1: Yeah. Um, great. That's a great question. So I would say that spans across. So my, my, i I work in an advertising agency, right? So we are, into the whole, we work with my, our main communication is with the marketing team across my clients. So there are conversation that happens with the client marketing team. And there are a lot of conversation that happens uh, with our internal team. And by internal teams, I mean, we have a creative team that builds those beautiful ads that are driven by uh, data. And then we have a strategy team, which with whom we collaborate extremely closely to think of how what is the overall consumer strategy. And then there is a tech team uh, that I work with very closely who is gonna build uh, the engine behind what we are trying to achieve. So it's it's a cross team collaboration internally, as well as with the marketing folks at the client side.
0: And then one of your responsibilities is making sure you and your kids get fed. And this is a big responsibility. I'm not fortunate enough to have kids yet, but even mm-hmm. sometimes feeding myself seems to be a lot. <laughs> yes. So how do you balance all of that?
1: Um, I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> how <laughs> do I balance that part? I would not say that I have achieved perfection in that sense, that I can say everything is going well. And I was reading Indra Nui's book, who is who was the past uh, CEO of Pepsi. She hasn't figured it out yet and she has already retired, but I would just say that we do our best, uh, making sure that they're not hungry and sometimes it's takeout, sometimes I cook, um, but just, you know, supporting a family with love and making sure that my team is also taking care at work. It's, it's all part of the job and I think that is what excites me, that I'm doing all of that together.
0: Yes, I just finished that book in January, My Life in Full. And it was one of our books of the month for women in data. And it was so inspiring, but also encouraging that like, even the CEO and chairman of PepsiCo struggles with these things, felt at times she was doing better at work, doing better with her family, not doing good with either of them at a I don't know if balance is the right word, right? Because we want this perfection of the balance, but there never
1: yeah. is, right? Yeah. This, I think the new word now is it's not a work-life balance. It's work-life blend. And how do you do it effectively so that it works for you and your family?
0: That's great. I'm still in that word to ch- update words to balance, from balance <laughs> to blend. <laughs> So diving back more a little bit into your day-to-day work with data Mm -hmm. culture, Mm -hmm. I'm sure this is a big part of your job when you come into an organization, making sure you're setting that leadership, not just for your org as a chief data officer, but as the organization as a whole. We talked about prior to this getting recorded how everyone in the organization uses data now. And so as a chief data officer, you probably are making sure that the whole organization has a data culture.
1: So how do you define data culture? Uh, Yes, uh, this is a topic that is very near and dear to my heart uh, because this is one of my biggest responsibility. Uh, I would define data culture as being uh, organizational culture of data-driven decision-making. So it's different from a consensus culture where achieving agreement is valued above everything else. In data culture, uh, I would say evidence and reason are valued above all else. And it doesn't matter who is talking or what tone they are using. What matters is whether the argument makes sense given the data. And that's how I define uh, data culture. Um, and one of the biggest component of having a data culture is data literacy. And it's the biggest component, and I would say it's the biggest challenge as well. I was reading an article somewhere, I think it was a Aventis Research, where they said uh, adoption of data is still an ongoing channel. 73% of firms said that, and only a small 27% said that they have been successful in building a data culture within their firms. So you can imagine, this is the the hot topic the biggest uh, biggest topic that we all have to deal with and how do we make sure that data literacy and is important for everyone because that is the most important thing for any kind of uh, setting up a data culture
0: so what really excites me about your definition of data culture is i feel like there's a lot of opportunity for diverse minds to be heard when you define that evidence and reason over consensus. Like if you have the evidence and reason to support your argument, you can now redefine some of those common barriers in our thinking that have held us back, which is a really empowering thought. And so getting everyone to have that power is exciting and what excites me about data literacy. But as you mentioned, it's still a big challenge. So Mm -hmm. how do you define some of these challenges with data culture, and building data literacy, and what are some of the things you've done to overcome them? Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. I would say this is um, this, this is a mindset of continued iteration. Um, this is a process that never ends. It's not a destination. It's an ongoing process. I always say that. And we, whenever uh, you and I feel like we have all figured it out, have to think back again because <laughs> continued iteration and improvement is what is going to help drive us. And as a chief data officer, I think one of the ways that I'm helping uh, develop this data culture is uh, change management. Um, so showing how employees and others and the companies, how we can gain time and efficiency with data. And how do we upskill? How do we make a plan to upskill our, our teams to take full advantage of new technology? So, organizational change, I think, is the most important one. Like, how do we collaborate and create the synergy with other teams? And um, one of my, long, long time ago, in one of my jobs when I was an analyst, my boss used to say that analytics is always a two step process. Obviously, number one is to solve a problem, and number two is to define the problem. And if you can set up the first part, um, that make that a responsibility of everyone that is involved. So, for example, in my team, it will be the creative team, it will be the strategists, the technologists, my clients. Then, then you have a common ground with the analytics people and everyone else, and then we create knowledge. So, you remove that resistance. We look at it as part of the bigger holistic ecosystem, and I and I live by that principle collaboration is so important in driving any kind of organizational change, especially dealing with data and analytics. So that's that's I would say number one um, way I, I try I'm trying to bring change. And second part is um, Sadie, I'll say the executive leadership. Uh, the importance of executive leadership participation in making this culture shift that is extremely important. And it starts by having analytics role being placed in the organization by in that executive team, directly reporting to the CEO rather than a CIO or a CTO. It sets the visibility, it sets the focus in the organization from the C-suite down. And it, it is definitely, um, I would say it's definitely the commitment and the active sponsorship, not just the support. Because you can say I support analytics, but you don't allow autonomy to allow experimentation to use data, so it's not gonna work. So that's why you need to create an organization that reflects commitment from the executive team. And I, I can proudly say that's how we operate here at Team One, where me as a chief data officer reports directly into the CEO. My CEO is extremely uh, committed to making sure that we become that data driven organization. So I'm, I'm lucky that way.
0: Yes, very lucky. So, have you ever been in an organization where you didn't report to the CEO? And do you have any tips for CDOs who are trying to get to that report level? But how do you make that argument and say, "Hey, it's going to be much better if I report directly to you. It's not a political play. It's none of that. It's good for the organization."
1: Yeah. Now that's that's a very good question, and I have been in an organization where when a, i was not a cdo but my cdo never reported into the ceo and the way we tackle that is uh, trust uh, building trust and not and and i'm saying that not just building trust, building trust in the data we are using and um and how do you do that we buy quality of data and i'm sure uh, both you and i are very familiar with the phrase single source of truth in our industry and it's, it's a simple idea that we live by. Everyone draws their data from the same trusted sources that everyone may know the data can be trusted. And that establishing that sing, single source of truth that ensures that other teams that data is handled securely, all compliances are followed, and also um, that I can trust this data and use it. And the insights that we're gonna use derive out of it are gonna be robust and can be used to make real changes to our entire customer experience, like personalizing your customer journey, reducing customer effort. So I would say building that trust using data and making that collaboration with other teams can build a very good business case for this role to be report, reporting directly into the CEO. Let's try those two first. That's a perfect
0: suggestion for a CEO because I have seen so many examples where as a CEO, you're getting reports from each department. And if they're not coming together with that single source of truth, they could be drastically different numbers on the same thing. So I think for CDOs who are looking to move and report into the CEOs, that's an example that CEOs will understand, I think instantly without having that single source of truth.
1: I was saying, I would love to add one more point in terms of how do we implement um, data culture. I would say data, st- data storytelling skills are so crucial these days. So tech skills, I think now everyone assumes that if we hire new people on the team, they would not have those necessary technical skills. But now for data leaders, it's no longer enough for us to just you know, understand modeling, cleansing, and modeling data. We all must learn how to use the results to weave a very compelling compelling story that inspires action and right decisions for the team. And we need to take everyone on a journey with storytelling, because the greatest algorithm is of no use if you're not clear what is the problem you are solving. Right. So I believe one of the roles that we are starting to see, and I've already have people on the team, they call data translator and storytellers. And they can act as a bridge between analytics and other departments or other businesses too. And great storytelling, we've seen in different uh, fields as well, that definitely feels better outcomes, better business outcomes in adoption of uh, data.
0: And I feel like data storytelling ties back into your first point around the collaboration, because if you are in a technical role and you never get your head out of the monitor and building the algorithm and talk to business people who you're building these products for, it will be really hard to tell that compelling story. Mm -hmm. So how do you get people on your team at an individual contributor level or even like a management level to start collaborating and think a little bit more outside of the box beyond just the technical components of what they're building?
1: Yeah, it means we have, um, as part of the data literacy, we have uh, scheduled a few um, training sessions. So for, for example, my data scientists on the team, they understand that it's not about sharing tons of charts and lots of numbers to show the work that we have done. Uh, we have to pivot and actually show the other teams what it means for them and just honing these soft skills to communicate better. I think that that is a great opportunity for us as a data community. And we are setting up some trainings on data uh, storytelling uh, and crafting that perfect story. Like when presenting data, it's important to understand who your audience is, what do they care about and how will this information impact them and what actions are we expecting them to do after receiving this data. And just you know ta- tailoring your data story to them and building that narrative arc that takes them along the journeys to, you know, that is key to creating the kind of aha moments or aha insights that stick.
0: So, these are some great recommendations in terms of driving that organizational change and creating that data culture. But do you ever see any barriers <laughs> into making this happen? What are those common barriers? And then also, how do you stay motivated when
1: driving this change? yeah that's a that's a million dollar question Sadie <laughs> I would say the barriers are the same as the opportunities so data data literacy is uh, one of the biggest challenge um, and to implement that across the organization resourcing getting the right talent for the team um, not exactly a barrier but a big challenge to driving this change how do you make sure that you hire the right talent it should be diverse and getting ready to pivot and tell that data story, um, helping uh, the internal customers understand what we are all about. We are here to collaborate. All of that, I would say, are challenges as well as barriers to driving this chain. And I'm hoping we can collectively as a data and analytics community can come up with solutions and share our stories to solve those. Yes. And also, I feel like talking to
0: other people in similar positions is helpful. I mean, just having a little bit of therapy ourselves. One of the things (laughs) I miss between conferences is just those networking conversations when you get to say, hey, is it hard for you? Because it's hard for me. And that's okay. And these are common problems. And we have to come together as a data community, like you said, to stay motivated, to know what we're driving with this
1: change. And it helps to have friends in this area too absolutely and and you asked this question what how do you stay motivated i would say the best part of being a chief data officer is solving these complex business challenges i consider myself a lifelong learner learning continuously about new technology it's never a dull moment like every day there's something new i learn and i'm like oh <laughs> i thought i knew everything and here i am like it keeps me grounded and always inspired by the things that are happening around me. That's the best part.
0: So being a lifelong learner, any tips for people, um, learning strategies that you've learned over the year or book recommendations things you'd like there?
1: Um, I don't have a book recommendation for now, but I can send those to you um i definitely for lifelong being a lifelong learner i have a running membership on coursera and if i find a topic that is interesting and a new technology i do a course i right now i'm learning all about web 3 uh, and how it's going to change all of our worlds and i'm sure metaverse is another topic that is up, not upcoming it has been there but what is the role of data and measurement in metaverse is the question that I'm trying to solve from my angle.
0: Well, we need another episode
1: because I
0: am so excited about blockchain and web three because at the core of what it all is, is trusted, secure timestamp data. And it's all about Mm -hmm. data. And I think that's probably the most exciting part about it. So now you have to come back to the podcast so we can chat more about it.
1: (laughs) Absolutely, would love to. We can geek out on all that information. That sounds great. Well, thank you so
0: much for coming on today and sharing your wisdom and key insights in how to build a successful data culture. If you're ready, we can move into the rapid fire questions. Let's do it. All right.
1: So favorite song you currently have on repeat? Um, Olivia Rodriguez, Jealousy, because it's my son's favorite song now. Nice. I've gotten a few baby sharks on this show just because
0: not they're like, not my favorite, but my kids have overruled yes. my life and it
1: now takes over. <laughs> Always the case. Favorite place you have traveled? Uh, Sedona, Arizona, because we could not travel internationally due to your favorite pandemic. that was on my pandemic list i didn't make it there but now i'm adding it back on (laughs) beautiful place Uh, it's heaven on earth
0: to you happiness is a choice in the next five years i hope to travel at least to three different countries for leisure (laughs) yes (laughs) i'm glad you put the preference in there sometimes i try and manifest things and i'm like oh I got it but not exactly how I wanted. <laughs> Good details. Want
1: yes, details are important, right?
0: And then last but not least to me curiosity is learning and discovery.
1: Beautiful. Well,
0: thank you, thank you again. This has been a great time chatting. What is the best way for people to stay connected with you? If they'd like to learn more,
1: ask some questions, reach out, talk about Web3. <laughs> <laughs> I would say my LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn, so I can just send you my link. Absolutely love to talk about those topics.
0: Great. Well, we will share your link in the show notes again. Thank you for coming on the show. This was a pleasure.
1: Thank you, Sadie. Lovely to talk to you.
0: All right. Well, thanks, everybody. Hope you stay curious and keep learning, and we will chat again soon. If you're looking for more resources to further your data career or find your tribe, we encourage you to become a member at womenindata.org. See you on the other side.